What's up, folks? Rad Dad 2023 here, just settling in to let you know. Back fresh from Electrical Audio with brand new full-length Glassfield album. Although highly influenced by the band you hear underneath this, hum, that is not us. If only we could live to be as great as the great Matt Talbot. His droop guitar tones. Um... No, back from that and looking hopefully for winter slash spring 2024 release. And uh, I couldn't be more excited with how it sounds. But the episode today is a conversation I had with an old Navy buddy, one of my best friends in the entire world. And I'm super excited for you guys to hear it. We got into actually initially music because that was kind of what was on my mind. And... uh, Adam's actually going to be back soon, sooner than you would think, to be doing a huge July 3rd Monday episode, but you'll have to wait to see that. Please click the links in the description, join the Discord, let us know what you'd like us to cover, like, subscribe to the YouTubes, and uh, that's it. Without further ado, here is a conversation with my Navy buddy Adam about Navy memories. Is 2002 to 2007 that we were in the Navy and when we first met was great yes uh, was Crete Greece on the base there but like you were initially you had a buddy that helped you do the mad child like you were doing like a hip-hop style pr- uh, project and you did that and then i was like you should play bass in my band and we talked about it and became super close and then in iceland we actually started a band that played a local rake or keffel excuse me keflavik like band competition i think we got the booby prize whatever the last place was um <laughs> but but I remember that it was super fun and the one other there was like one other Icelandic band it was like four 14 year old kids and they did a Deftones cover and it was awesome but um, well we didn't do covers no we didn't because we were fucking. we had to be original (laughs) we had to be instrumental (laughs) post rock we couldn't be that 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 those signed artists that get millions of dollars we had to do original instrumental shit I mean, if you want to, yes, but we also, like, in Iceland specifically, I remember before I got there, I knew who Sigurás was, I knew who Bjork was, and I was like, oh my god, I'm going to the place that, like, all these crazy, eclectic, like, indie artists live. Maybe when I go to Reykjavik, and I was single at the time, I'm like, oh, I'll bump into Bjork and we'll get married, or fucking, um... 
you know, I'll find some cool, like, witches or some <laughs> cult shit, because that place is, like, they're fucking... They're basically, like, I don't know, like, they believe that, like, gnomes are real and, like, Grela and that whole thing, which led to, like, a future conspiracy therapy episode that we did where we talked about, like, elves and gnomes. And I had, like, firsthand experience remembered going and being like, oh, my God, these people really believe this shit. But then, like, it's kind of half-hearted. I mean, obviously, they're smart enough to, in more forward thinking than, like, certain areas of the South. But no, no shade thrown. Love the South. Um, anyway, so when we're in Iceland, we fucking start a band, start jamming. You get a bass. Do you remember what kind of bass you had? It was blue. I know that. <laughs> I had deaf tones. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a blue one. I remember we went to that music store in Reykjavik, and uh, I bought that guitar in that little tiny amp. Yeah. Um, it was a washburn. Washburn, okay. And you, you had the, you had your bass, you had your amp, and we were we were able to locate um, one of these. Basically, it was this building that was used like sparingly, so we could go, we could come and go as we wanted, we could play as loud as we wanted, and it was a lot of fun. I, I still think wow, of that building. as. The, yeah, the Claws building. Um, I still think of that like super highly because it was very seldom that I was able to just crank up and do the thing. But it also like became kind of a through line for me it, it, as far as when I got out of the Navy, I knew exactly what I needed was a space like that. So when I got out, and we started Lights at Sea, the first thing I wanted to do was make sure that we had a space where we could set everything up and just let it rip without, like, having to turn down, which was a huge thing. Like, we played it, we, which is insane. I mean, still to this day, I'm like, fuck, I played an international fucking show back in the day. Like, we played Reykjavik in that band, which was called Middle Children of History. We... <laughs> Fight Club reference, motherfuck. Um, but we, it, the whole the whole point of it was that um, for me, and I, you know, I never thought like, oh, we'll fucking get huge or anything. It was more of like an exercise of just like keeping the creative side of the brain going. And a lot of the things that I took into doing music after that period when I got out of the service was really founded from that whole time but uh yeah no for sure I mean I was going to speak to that a little bit as far as like the the music that we listened to then um hearing it now it takes me right back to like those years you know 2003 4 or 5 yeah when we were in Iceland um like Muse, for example. Yeah, like, I was we just going to say that. Muse. Yeah, like whenever I hear, uh, you know, any uh, Muse songs, what's the album there? The uh, Absolution. I was just thinking that Absolution. the other day. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. But like, what is the, the one, uh, Stockholm Syndrome, right? That's um, a r- fucking ripper. 
yeah, that one still, you know, any of those music songs takes me right back to Iceland. And uh, it's just the era, you know, like I think you can associate music with certain times in history. And a lot of that stuff that you introduced me to, like Houston, like Radiohead. Um, Do you know, you know Houston is a back, lot of them. back together now? Like they got a, um, a full length coming out in September. It's, it's weird like all those bands I showed you broke up in some capacity and like probably 80% of them have gotten back together I don't know if it's like band midlife crisis but like they all come back together and they're like man we still got some fucking tunes and like Hum put out maybe one of their best records Shiner put out a great record like <clears throat> these are all like the Midwest kind of post or not post rock like math rock kind of deftones ish bands that like the through line was deftones for us and then deftones puts out maybe my probably to this day my favorite record yes of theirs the self-titled and we were in yeah we were in greece when that came out and i bought it from that rinky dink cd store that was on base which just to me seems insane like i just you, i would assume it would have all been like backstreet boys cds but like at the time that little electronic store back behind like next to the uh the uh the uniform shop there that little yeah hut that they had yeah it's so surreal to think about how many cool things i got from on base like electronic shops like because i i was so bored when we were in greece even though it was like you're on a fucking tropical island i was still 1920 ish and like just i in my goth phase of like i'm just gonna be in my room and i didn't really play video games at the time like all i did was make fucking demos like i had this program i i literally got the program from that shop loaded it onto like a piece of shit computer that almost always shit the bed because I was like always rendering files and like trying to <laughs> upload them over email to send to Scott and Nick back home. But I spent that whole time making demos and then I also just, go ahead. It's just funny to me that you were you were doing that and and right across the damn you know little courtyard or whatever the hell it was in between the buildings I was you know writing rap songs and, and making a, <laughs> a rap record on my fucking Sony Vio or whatever you were bullshit music program that I was using um, which is really funny I'm a, <clears throat> I found that computer a couple months ago mm-hmm. and I opened it up <clears throat> and uh, it's a Windows XP computer and it's I mean it's just it's so old um but I found the music program that I used and I uh, was able to pull like the original recordings <laughs> off without like any of the beat. And oh, so wow. there's there's like hundreds of takes, but a lot of the stuff is just like me and the guy you mentioned earlier, the Capua. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of it. It's just me and him fucking around um, doing stupid, silly shit. But, um, Thank but God. yeah, I have a bunch of the, a bunch of the recordings, uh, the original recordings. So, what I did was I, I just backed it up. I put it on USB, saved all the files off, so I have them. They're just in a really old format. I don't even recognize it. Oh yeah, it's not like it's not WMA. It's some uh, 
some format that the program used, um, which who knows if I'll ever be able to play them again. But I don't know why. I mean, it's such an era that 2002 to 2007 now, but like. I didn't think of it that way. I was just like, where are we? What's going on? I've just got to write music, man. But then, like everybody else, like, thank God for those programs because they probably in some way saved our lives just like eating up time because like that era specifically was so uber dramatic because our fucking, we just want to fuck and drink and storm the Capitol basically <laughs> early on in that life. You know what I mean? Like you're full of fucking hormones and those programs like i used to stay up i mean i wouldn't it, it, it that specific era i wouldn't have said like i i didn't really get to drinking until like iceland but like that era not so much like i used to stay up before doing guard duty until like two in the morning and i had to be up like three or four hours later just doing demos just playing guitar constantly and um so with with uh with regards to to Iceland and our and our experience there obviously we were we were super close cuz we had that band we had Bill our our buddy in the navy who um played drums Bill the Phil uh and he was like kind of the new metal kid i guess per se i don't really want to put tag tags on anybody because i think everybody was more authentic and like individuals like obviously we we've talked in past and we always do we talk about dane but like uh there was like a whole different cast of characters like you had your southern peeps you had your northern peeps midwest peeps east coast west coast pretty much every walk of person there was a lot of really cool people specifically a lot of guys i met there was maybe one or two that didn't quite fit in with anybody they just kind of floated or floated through and i always wonder like what the fuck happened to that kid like i remember specifically when i got out of the navy i'm like i wonder what happened to trout and then that kid who ran his car yeah. into the chain on the yeah. on the other side of town. Yeah, like he. Yeah. Yeah, when he had that accident, he he was like out in the lava field doing something, and he, <laughs> he drove his car into the fucking chain barrier that like kept people out. And then, yeah, he had that green uh, Honda Civic. Yeah. I still remember that. Holy hell. Trout. I don't even yeah, I don't know what happened to that kid. I mean, he had he, a he had like a thousand dollar camera that he took videos and pictures of us at our last Mizzle Children of History show. And those files I I have on my computer. Like some of those pictures are pretty much like became like the album art for Iceland for me, as far as like a soundtrack. And you know, uh, we did during the time everybody had like cameras and shit, so we were always videotaping, recording shit. We were always like, you know, I was hard on myself for a long time. I would say like when I got out and I 
started to inevitably have the nostalgia of wanting to like go back and remember, um, I would get hard on myself and be like, we fucking all this video footage is just stupid band practice. Like I wanted more. I wanted more of us just shooting the shit. Like the, the video that's up on YouTube, which I, maybe I'll link to something, um, of us just hanging out, smoking and drinking at four in the morning, just shit house. But like I did inevitably want that camaraderie. And I think that was happen afterwards where I would drink and be like, oh man, I miss fucking Dane being the DJ and Adam watching football or whatever. And, you know, I don't think I ever missed Bill telling me to play guitar, but like, uh, having everybody around and, and that, because that was the shit that got us through the, the actual time. Like the only thing that allowed us to get from point A to point B and get to the next thing is exciting as it was at the time to be like, you know, going back stateside after being overseas duty stations for so for the first three years really was or two year two and a half. Uh, was Well the thing is, yeah. is that there wasn't a there wasn't a whole lot to do, right? Right. So, I mean, yeah, obviously Iceland you can go out and see shit, but um you know, if there's a, you're basically in the middle of nowhere, and if there's a free band, you know, a band playing a free show on bass, you know, you know, of course we're going to tell all our friends, and then they might tell theirs, and you know, so. Well, what's crazy and uh, what's crazy in retrospect is we ended up playing a wedding. Like, yeah, I know that's that, ridiculous. The, I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We, we, two of our, two of our like coworkers got married while we were there and like legitimately had a big fucking hoo ha and we played at the wedding. And not only that, like I said, we played Reykjavik, we played uh, Kaflavik or not Kaflavik, well, close enough. Yes, we did. We did. Battle of the Bands was downtown. Yeah. I, I still remember. And, this may float around and all over the place, but this is exactly how we talk, so that's cool. So <laughs> we were playing Kefelvik, and I'm just fucking three sheets to the wind post show. I'm sitting on the floor, and I asked the one guy, I was like, "Were we? How do we sound? Do we sound all right?" And he was like, "No." <laughs> like he was just like. <laughs> Like, all I wanted was somebody to say, you know, like, our levels were all right. It wasn't basically any, like, I didn't need any criticism. Like, did we sound okay? Like, it was just a flat fucking Icelandic, no. Jesus Christ, man. Fucking hyper serious fucking gnome folk. Our, our, uh, the audience was like the Back to the Future scene where Marty's playing Chuck Berry and, uh, they're just like not ready for it yet. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, it was it that was that was in essence. Well we did the same thing at, we we did the same thing in Reykjavik because the guy kicked us out of the bar <laughs> and said we were too loud. <laughs> That's right. I, you know what? The at the time I think we were getting ready to play a second uh second set <clears throat> and the guy was like 
uh, no, no more. Mm-hmm. And so we like carried our drums and guitars and amps out onto the Reykjavik, dark, cold, rainy street. Oh man. See, that was funny. That was a fun night. It was, <clears throat> it was always fun because in a fun night, because all of our friends were in the same boat. See what, what most people need needed back home was all your friends to be bored as shit stuck on a military base because then they'll show then you can get your friends to come you know all these these dudes who got into comedy and improv like comedy who are like struggling to get their friends to come like we had it we had it in the pocket because everybody on base was like our drinking buddy especially during iceland like i've definitely tried go ahead no, I was I was gonna say so that's a good point, right? So uh, this goes back to like talking about how like how we were feeling in the in the you know years we were overseas and whatnot, right? So like when we were in Greece and we were just sitting in our rooms writing lyrics and doing demos and you know uh, you know I I've mentioned to you in the past that like I was homesick you know when I was in Greece. Uh, it was it was pretty bad you know all my friends are in college i'm way over across the other side of the world and our country's going to war and so there was a lot of shit i was trying to get out emotionally and so that's how i spent a lot of my time in greece but when we got to iceland Mm -hmm. going off of what you said is like now you get a group of friends and you start listening to music you start going out you start having some drinks you have a good time and then you know you start forming all that camaraderie that civilians would probably never understand the depth of the camaraderie that we all share being in the military and yeah Iceland Iceland changed my perspective on probably not just life but being in the Navy was that you know, in Greece, I took all that shit for granted, and I'm kicking myself in the ass to this day. But I had, you know, an entire year on a remote Mediterranean island, and <clears throat> a lot of the time I spent there, I just moped around because I was homesick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I wrote lyrics about how pissed off I was. I mean, it was, it was, it was a. <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I'll never take back that, that year and how I spent it, but um, in Iceland, all that changed because now I wasn't so damn homesick and I had a group of friends and we were hanging out and we were having a good time. And, you know, you mentioned a lot of names and, <clears throat> you know, a lot of us are still extremely close, which is, uh, I don't know, it's just, just representative of how it is to be in the military. It's just like, it's lifelong. For it's not sure. Just, you know, we're doing a job. And, I would say you, know, it, it, you you were you were an, you were a college dude afterwards, but I never went back. I <clears throat> basically went straight from the Navy into the U.S. Postal Service. But like you and I, always stayed probably closer. I, I mean, not even probably, definitely closer than any of my friends even here. Like I <clears throat> was. And I, and I say this to anybody because I when I did conspiracy therapy, I always used to get messages from dudes who were talking about joining the service. I dude, one of the more recent things that happened to me, I bumped into a serviceman at Meyer 
like our our grocery store in in the Midwest, Michigan. And he literally was like, "Oh fuck, you know, like I joined, and you know, I listened to you on the show and all this stuff." And I was like, "Cool, man!" Like he he got a picture with me. It was super flattering, but like, um, yeah, you form lifelong bonds with people like instantaneously and it's it's a big part of like what dane would preach about our our brother who sadly this year passed uh amazing 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 lifelong friends and they continue to be important to you i mean like we have it's weird because there is this uncanny ability to just pick up where you left off with them and and you're one of my you're literally in like you know dane always used to said when you die you'll have like you know like five your fingers for people like five like die for you brothers and he counted me and you in that hand and um you know, I put you in that same position in my life because I think a big part of that is it's it was a formative time, and that's why I think even like college kids have the same closeness with their buddies in this in the time that they, they were just being idiots, you know, pissing their pants, chasing pussy, or fucking chasing dick, whatever. And like you really go through it, you know, like then the, even those guys like any single branch of the service anybody who joined during that era or during that time in their life you you fucking you really miss home and no one no one really talks about that fucking home nostalgia that hits but like that was what i was going through too like you mentioned it i spent at least the first month being like fucking sad sack of shit like if I could go back and kick myself in the ass, I don't even know if I'd do that. I'd probably just be like, "Buck up, you know, shut the fuck up." Like you, you have no idea how lucky you are to be at this point in your life to be able to like experience the Mediterranean. You're gonna wish every single day when you go back home to the place that you miss so goddamn much that you could come back here and like relive it. So, but and there was some, I like, I was cognizant of that at least in Iceland, probably after I went home on leave. I remember distinctly listening because every single person that I went and met back home on leave, and they give you such a big chunk of time, which is great, like in retrospect, because you miss home so much. But like every single person I met when I went home was like, oh my fucking God, you live in Iceland? And I'm like, yeah, it's fucking one hour sunshine. It's good. And then they're just like, no, that fucking rules. Like, where do, what do you do? Like, where do you go? Like, where do you, this, that, and the other thing. And like, there was a ton of shit to do. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's funny that like the two places that we were stationed in Europe are like two of the main tourist destinations. Dude, in Detroit now you can fly through Iceland, Iceland Air. Really? Yeah, they got like four flights a week. I we would just recently me and Casey went to a Tigers game. I'm like, "You want to go to Iceland?" 
like, well, I mean, yeah, well, yeah, they've expanded a lot, but you know, it's just, it's funny now. I mean, going back, I, <clears throat> I just wish, you know, I could have used my time to see more than I did. And not to say that I didn't. I mean, I traveled a lot when we were over there, but. Well, you, man. you and I, I mean, to put it into context, like 2003, we got there. Is that right? Yeah. I don't know. No. August of 02. And well, I was there. I was in Greece from August 02 to August 03. And the war in Iraq started like halfway through my tour there. So, yeah, like we went, we there went, wasn't. we went <clears throat> to port and starboard, which is like 12, 12 on 12 off. Yeah. Yeah. So that took up a lot of the last, what, five months or so that I was over there. I still ironed my uniform with a rock pretty much the whole time I was in. And then I would go, we would literally, and to put it also into context, like we were, we were MAs, which is master at arms, which is, uh, you have your rank and then you have your rate. And for us, it was like, okay, 12 hours, Jesus Titty fucking Christ. Like, that means we're going to be standing a gate for like four or six hours. So, you would, if you were lucky, you'd be standing there with some, somebody you knew. Or if you weren't so lucky, you're, you're standing alone and or with a fucking Greek dude who's got the same rock he uses to iron his uniform and he's trying to mix a fucking frappe with a, plastic spoon and rolled up cigarette in one hand and the language barrier is there so you don't know what the fuck to say or if they can speak a little bit yeah like i remember talking about different things but then one of the best and i this is like to this day one of my favorite stories to tell about my time in and this is backing up to when we were in greece is the story about the time that we went and saw Mogwai in Athens. Now, you, I don't think you came with us then. No. No. I was I was probably in my barracks room writing raps. <laughs> but to... to, to <clears throat> Around post, weekend, I mean, 12 hours, you know, that's what we were doing when we went to Charlie. Mm-hmm. When the war started, you know, like they just made up posts for us to sit on. So we were on the roof of the barracks for no reason. We were fucking on the other side of the base. You know how much time we had to sit there with nothing going on except for some geek out in the field to just write lyrics and just think of music stuff, wrapping this all back into the music, uh, you know, conversation. Yeah. It was like, it was all like, I, I so much time. We just like, I got journals like full of lyrics from my time in Greece. Oh, I do too. I got I I literally <laughs> wrote like novellas of of things to I basically like wrote a bunch of matrix ripoff stories or like I would sit there and listen to I I had an MP3 player and I would bounce my demos and then I remember distinctly 
they okay so my solo project at the time was called like the red season and so i pre solo project like you already had a big career in the group. i i know stupid <laughs> hey mad child you had your own what? thing too but i had my all, name was g child g child Second of all you're not phil Collins. okay jesus christ relax <laughs> i wanted to be but I had my I had my MP3 player and it could store I think it was like 15 songs, and I would bring it down because there were two different areas where we were stationed. That okay, there was like the shore duty guys like the when we would go down to like the pier, and then there was like the on base security. So when we went down to the shore. I actually preferred it like when you get in the butt or not you get in a van and go drive down and then like you you just chill there but like the whole time that we were there we would like hang out with that was probably the most of like all the the Greek people that we would hang out with and or whenever like a, a carrier would come in like we we talked about we tried to do this before and it fucking I a ghost fucking tripped my wires but like we we had these fucking really and uh, pardon all the fucking f bombs I'm dropping cuz I'm slipping back into navy mode here but like I, we would go down there we would sit there with at the gate with them and or walk along the pier and see just like these big massive booger loogie jellyfish floating around that i would just throw rocks at because i was bored but like i'd have that 15 song mp3 player and i would play my red season songs and i would try to write lyrics so i had tons of those and they were terrible like lyrics they're just like in my in my soul, my forgotten soul, I forget where I am. Things are sad and I'm mad. Wish I was glad. You know, like just terrible. Like really trying. And sometimes, you know, like I would, I would, I would sometimes like get something out of it, but most of it was just like daydreaming or like really like because i would i would get vhs tapes because we 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 did have a mail service and like you could you could order stuff and like i i ordered uh like a solid state like fender amp that came in that i ended up taking to iceland that i used pretty much that whole time and then i gave it to bill i think at the end which you know you we were all so close like i gave my guitar to da i gave my amp to bill I somewhat regretted the amp you thing. Me shit. I I gave you my heart, <laughs> friend. I loved you like a brother, and I still do. But like, um, yeah, we we had like these these times where we would just. I gave yeah. you my family. <laughs> You're in my fucking heart forever, brother. That's a, a bad boys reference. Yeah, we were bad. We were bad boys. We were fucking international bad boys. God, there's so many fucking memories. I, I, the more we talk about this, the more I'm remembering. So, like I said, I, I do remember too. <laughs> You'll laugh at this. So, I was bringing up the with the Greek guards that we would stand with, and they have in 
their country and probably I want to say a good swath of like European countries, they have mandatory military service. So the guys that we would stand gates with, if they knew any English, which was sparse, but like they did generally know, like you could kind of communicate. I remember distinctly, I was standing one of the front front gates with a guy and it was just a fuck, like a really dry spell, like nobody's coming through. So I gave him my MP3 player and I was like, here, listen to this new song I made. And like, he listened to it and he looks at me and he's like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, it's my music. He's like, it's depressing. You know, like... <laughs> He just hands it back to me, and I'm like, well, fuck. I thought he would like it. Like, I thought these gloomy fucking guys who... But then they just listen to music that's like, like, just fucking whatever. Like, sounds like Frank Sinatra, but Greek music that they listen to on the radio. Um... Some of them were co- some of them were cool, and I mentioned the Mogwai show. Like, we were on a there. What was amazing in Greece, and so, again, something I just totally took for granted were these ferry ships that went up to Athens. Did you ever get a chance to go up to Athens? Yeah, I did. Uh, I did one trip up to Athens. I think it was just for the day. I can't quite remember. I think I went there from Santorini. Um, cause we were in Santorini for a weekend and I think I went up to Athens for just a day. I, I went to the Parthenon and, um, took a bunch of pictures, which I still have and, you know, did all that, the Acropolis and whatnot. You but were, yeah, you, um, you were a big history guy early on or did that come later or was it more politics? No, I got into history and like political history and world history way later. Like not while I was in the Navy, I got into it. Probably not in Greece, but way later than that. Probably like Iceland or more into when when I got to Bremerton. But yeah, no. Before that, I didn't care about school or history or politics or fucking math. I sucked at school I I didn't want anything to do <laughs> no I get that it's just that. funny just like well no I mean it completely changed like I you know changed my maybe you know it changed my whole outlook so that's why I went back to college when I you know got out and then I ended up doing six years in college and getting three degrees yeah and it was all it was you know that's all attributed to the Navy like I had I never gone in, I, I would have never, I would have probably went to college. Well, I did go to college originally, but I, um, I stopped to join the Navy, but I probably would have just got an associate's degree and just kind of like went on with life from, you know, local college, nothing wrong with that, but you know, the Navy changed, changed the way I looked at education. So yeah, I, I got into history and stuff and then obviously went into political science and do you, think, major and, do you think that your time in the service is what helped like sculpt your political and like hit your <clears throat> taste and like becoming like patient and learning? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you definitely, well, me personally, I didn't have the discipline 
when I was in high school to, you know, sit and study for something and, you know, put effort into it other than what I wanted to do yeah. at the time, which was play basketball. And like, that's what I, I love. Um, after that, you know, it was just, uh, when am I going to win the Suda Bay championship, brother? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I did play. I did play on the base team over there and I got pictures from, from that time too. It's funny. We went to Italy and played in the tournament. I got pictures from that. Memories of that stuff. We went to Siganella for a weekend. Or a, no, we a whole week to play in a tournament. Um, yeah, I was still trying to live my basketball life when I was in the Navy. But uh, now, yeah, all that changed. You know, that's when I started reading a lot more and, and studying things. And then when I got to school, it was just like heads down. Yeah. But yeah, that's all. I didn't have the discipline to do all that shit before I joined the Navy. That was all. That was all just the Navy, you know, teaching me to <clears throat> just, uh, you know, succeed at whatever I did. And when I got out, you know, that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to college and succeed. And I think I did. Dude, you went to fucking <laughs> Cornell. You're one of my smartest friends. You're. <clears throat> You're you're an inspiration to me, and I'm fucking super proud of you. But like, yeah, it's it's definitely, and that I think. So I I struggle with this as I get older. I I wonder about the individuality that I maintain in getting older, but also what I've learned in like looking back on my life, like the good things, and I I think good conversation and connections and communication with like my partner and everything like has helped to kind of sculpt a bit of a picture of the past like really talking to you is what is reminding me of the good shit that I got from say being in a band with you in the service but I don't try to limit I I also don't want to limit our relationship to just the middle children of history in our band like it was way more than that and also in the connections that i had with other people just specifically with dane daw uh you know our our other groups of friends that we met and even you and dane when you went to bremerton and washington there was other friends like that i made especially in in brunswick maine when i was stationed there so like I guess my my thing is like what did the service teach me overall and a big part of that comes from one just getting older but two like the biggest thing with being in the service was patience and showing up on time and I'm a fucking chronically late motherfucker but I also very pretty much throughout my life have struggled with having I don't struggle with drive or wanting to do things because I think I follow through on all that I definitely had anxiety issues going into the service and probably from a life of shit that I sussed out through therapy and all that whatever the 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 stuff that i learned though from that time 
was probably about hopefully I like to think about listening and just loving people overall which sounds like a fucking Care Bears special but it's true like there's there are through lines and shit you hear from like history in the past that you gain that hopefully you you use in your life that you can like sculpt into like a good kind of mental headspace for yourself because I mean there's there's no counting on the past to save you there's only the present but there's hopefully some tools that you gain along the way that can help you and it like for you specifically your time in the service like you kind of have mentioned that sculpted who you were as a as a human as a father as a as a partner to your wife and like as a as one of my best friends and hopefully as yours you know like you've been hugely successful i think and i think a lot of that starts there and i know it's funny because we've talked about this in the past but like i think a big part of our connection too was that love of history that you had and political stuff and now and it's funny because i would have said before we talked today or even like any time that you were always that way but yeah like my taste in music and the stuff that i do now was formed like while i was hanging out with you and like really really like permanent like my getting things done came from the navy my you know passion for projects whether it be like this with the podcasts or like in uh bands and everything like came from that so i don't know like i it it is a good thing for people especially like aimless people who have no fucking clue as to what to do i it, it, it was like super it was it was fucking priceless and it was a great time overall i just wish i could have got out of my own way like there were a couple times where i was just like shut the fuck up and like thinking about do you ever have that feeling when you look back on stuff and you like cringe hard you're like jesus why did i do that oh god yeah <laughs> I mean, I got like three things that immediately enter my head <laughs> where I <clears throat> where I look at, you know, what I did and my behavior. And unfortunately, don't say anything if you're recording, but that video you brought to Ithaca when I was still at Cornell of me in the barracks. Oh that yeah. shit is so that oh. shit is so embarrassing to me. Don't worry, I'll Oh man. No. Like that that that's the most despicable behavior. It's, I mean, if this ever makes the cut, it's not that bad. I mean, it didn't like kill a puppy or anything, but no, 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 no. It, but that's the thing. Some people are too. <clears throat> I think you're too hard on yourself. <laughs> I think, I think there's a balance between the two, you know, uh, and it's probably therapy and all the conversations I've had. <clears throat> with Casey but like a constant thing that I hear now is be present be present you know like life's fleeting you won't enjoy the now but I think you have to be you have to float in between like not you you need to be able to see up ahead of yourself and be like okay I've got a goal 
but also be present. Like you can't, you can't just focus on now or else you're going to fucking trip on, trip on something. I think Uh, you have to be able to have two things. And I think when you think about that, you're, you're looking at the, you're looking at the context and be like, I was a fucking idiot, but you're also, I did a lot of stupid shit too. I mean, there's a whole story about me and Bill going to the fucking the off base. Okay. So circling back to Iceland here, there was this, <laughs> there was off base. There was this strip joint bar called casinos. Yes. Great name. And we used to go there and I was single at the time. And Adam, you were you were a stud muffin from the get go, so you always had somebody. And we would go to this off base strip joint bar. I don't, you know, it's fun. It when I say it out loud, I'm still like, damn, like. But then, so this place, they just play like you know butt rock and whatever the top forty shit and. I don't know how they got the women there. Some of them were rough, but some of them were like smoke shows. And I ended up sort of dating one of them. And then I also dated an Icelandic girl for, I want to say like six or seven months while I was there. Um, long story short. Anyway, so that this one night in particular, I think it was Daw probably Daw because he was always he's he's a shithead I love him to death he's like a brother but he's he's Mr. fucking Mr. fucking lecture you sometimes and we I was drinking hard in Iceland and there was there was a difference between us all drinking together and then the going in your room and calling your girlfriend listening to Sufjan Stevens and fucking crying your eyes out in your bathroom you didn't want to wallow in that shit because that'll eat you alive, and that's that's real. Like, if you're struggling with that shit, like drinking wise, take a break. That's just my moral for guys in 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 our age bracket, like the 35 to 45 era area, or even older. I don't know. But anyway, long story short, we were at we were out at casinos, drink, 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 and I fucking we get lost basically. And missed the last taxi. I'm flirting with this Brazilian stripper, whatever. And she was supposed, we were supposed to meet at some point, but I got so fucking drunk. I mean, I just like not puking necessarily, but like that kind of drunk where you've literally been drinking since like 11 till four in the morning. And what you need is sleep and or like, some carbs to soak it up and we it's like sun up and we're wandering along the the base and we can't find the the gate to get back in and so having been like 2002 to 2007 we were fans of fight club so i'm like fuck it we grab my green corduroy jacket pull a fight club and jump over this fence and I ripped my hand up on the barbed wire and then did a total barrel roll and landed on my back on the other side of the fence but like we just got lost and like 
Yeah, it did. Anyway, long story short, we did some dumb shit. That's that's where <laughs> we did a bunch of dumb shit. Like <laughs> your third long story short. He's getting to the end, folks. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. He drops. 17 f bombs in a sentence but like no it's true like you, i'm i'm just what i'm saying is that yeah we have we all had we all had times that we but that that all that did was make me go whatever man i was young it was dumb of course we're going to do dumb shit and there's other dumb shit in there that we all did it's fine i don't think there's one military veteran active duty or civilian out there that can say, yeah, I've never done something stupid. We've all done dumb shit. <clears throat> Sometimes it's a little worse, you know, being in the military. You know, there's consequences that you don't have as a civilian, but there's, you know, we all do dumb shit. And you can't throw a bunch of 18, 19, 20-year-old kids over in exotic countries you know, by the beach or, you know, up in Iceland and yeah, there's, there's American military bases all over the world. So people are going to do dumb shit. Kids, you know, they're not really thinking. And we were there. I was a dumb kid. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of part of the thing now is that it's evolved so much with this early, like the generation now, like, I don't know what the kids, I mean, I know what my generation did that was fucking dumb, but like now it's like, I don't know. It's like evolved into other stupid shit because the internet's so permanent and it's like people you know, I don't even want to speculate. Like it's changed, but like, yeah, I feel, I feel like it's evidence so- of dumb shit is more prominent now. There's not a lot of evidence of the dumb shit that we did because not everybody had a phone they could take out and start recording in half a second. There's way more evidence, and everything is viral now. Everything's online, and you know, if you start getting rowdy somewhere someone's going to pull out their phone and post it on their social media so it's uh well you dumb shit from our parents yeah to dumb shit to us to dumb shit to now <laughs> there's a lot less evidence i guess is is as, as farther we go into uh you know present day there's less evidence well myspace uh, started when we were in iceland because I, I remember distinctly... Yeah, but MySpace was just like fucking put a music, you know, put a song on your profile, a picture. Like, dude, I can hardly remember MySpace, but it wasn't like today where you can like post videos instantly and oh, you're right. have li- live, you know, live stream or, you know, all the other shit that we can do now. Hey, but the middle, children, just like, the middle children of history had a MySpace page. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I don't think I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was that, there was a, there was a red season page and oddly enough, they, the guy, there was a guy for some record label in Japan that wanted to put out an album for the red season. And, uh, when I was in Maine, I was working on songs with Scott and Nick Ver- 
Nick, my buddy from high school, and we spent a whole weekend. And I had a full-on DEFCON 5 panic attack because I was so... Well, one, I got hammered the night they came out. I'm like, this is all we drink in the military. And I bought, like, Johnny fucking... Johnny Brown's bottom-of-the-barrel grog and decided to drink the whole... Like, at least half of a 1.75 with, like, Mr. Pibb mix and just completely cremated my guts and then proceeded to eat mcdonald's and then we're sitting there trying to play this song and i'm like guys i don't feel so good it was terrible it was one of the worst panic attacks and hangovers i've ever had um but yeah i there was there was bad there was good and it teaches you a lot being in there's i don't know in retrospect, I don't take it's a, it's a part of who I am. You know, I'm a little embarrassed about it. Like, I don't know about you, but like when people are like, "Oh shit, you're a veteran!" Like, I don't. I it it, it doesn't really register for me. And I was also you, you the context of when we got out. We were fucking 24. I was 24 when I got out. How old were you? Yeah, I was uh, I was twenty four myself. Yeah, and like two thousand seven. Yeah, two thousand seven. I officially got out. Yeah, and we I were... did the the leave at the end. What what the hell do you call it when you sell your leave back and take that? I don't know. It's like give us your leave. They had <laughs> they had something called like. And I remember this too because there was like retirement training, and I'm like, I'm fucking 24. I'm a baby. I don't need retirement <clears throat> training. And the blue to gray book is what they gave us. Ah, uh, the blue, blue like navy uniform to gray suit. That was mm-hmm. the name of the book. Blue to gray. Yeah, I didn't prepare yourself. I didn't give two shits. I didn't even know what TSP was until I got out, and then I immediately started working at the postal service and everything about it was like the same as far as like contracts and like the TSP coming up again and all that stuff. I didn't necessarily have like great context about anything. I was just like, whatever. I, I knew I needed a job and I needed to work. I didn't have any, like I I was married before I got out and that kind of is what drove me like I gotta make a paycheck I gotta keep up with like medical stuff a federal job felt like the best fit because you know being a touring musician is not gonna feed a family even if it's just me and my partner I I needed something but you immediately went to got your associates I think in the service or did you do that after no, it was after I got out and I went to community college and got my associate. And you used your then, GI Bill, right? Yeah, yeah, I used GI Bill and then they changed the rules. When I um, went to Syracuse for my bachelor's, they changed the rules to where 
uh, I fell under the called the yellow ribbon program. Um, prior to that, I was just getting like a monthly stipend. But when I went to SU, um, the rules, I don't know if they changed just the law went into effect or the rules changed for me in particular. Cause now, you know, my tuition went up from, you know, community college to Syracuse levels, which are astronomical. Um, so anyway, they pay part of the tuition and also give you a monthly living stipend. And I did that, uh, through Syracuse and then into my master's program at Cornell. I was still on the GI bill, um, exhausted after my fifth year of college. And so my sixth year and final year, which was at Cornell, um, to do my mat, you know, finish my master's, <clears throat> my GI bill was exhausted. So I had to pay out of pocket for my final year of college, which fucking sucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, well, you, you were, so this is interesting for, for me because I had huge anxiety issues that formulated, that really hit like fever pitch while I was in the service that I hadn't dealt with. And I, you know, mental, uh, mental stuff is pretty early. Like if you go in like uh, history books, obviously the history of like dealing with that shit is really fucking in its it's still in its infancy i mean in the last hundred years and we're really getting it hopefully getting some sort of handle on it but like i know you didn't really struggle too hard with that other than maybe some depression stuff but like you never really went and got like a VA membership, but you did use the GI bill. And I don't know what that's like to use the GI bill, but I know what it's like to go to the VA and the VA, at least for me, it's never, I, I I don't look down on anybody who look, wants to get some sort of help or go to the VA or anything like that. But like, was it pretty easy for you using the services with the GI bill or did you find that, I mean, you just said that things had changed, but like, was it easy to set up or was it a fucking shit show? Yeah, no, it was pretty easy. It was, uh, you know, most, most colleges have, you know, like a veterans office. So they assist you with all the, paperwork you know that you fill out you know when you go to boot camp or whatever you know, how it was done when we went in you know they give you your um you know when you're filling out your forms they give you the option of what you know sign up for the gi bill or you know do the tsp all that stuff so um what was it 100 bucks a month for the first year you're in so you pay 1200 bucks in the into the gi bill fund and then when you get to college you just you know go see your veterans affairs officer or whatever mm-hmm. and um, yeah they help you with all that stuff so it's pretty straightforward i mean it's just as easy as doing like student loan paperwork right and so which they fucking um, probably fast track or sign you up for six credit cards just be careful what you're fucking <laughs> signing up for i know that like <clears throat> i remember hearing too you could give your gi bill to your significant other 
Yeah, you can pass it off. It does not necessarily significant other. I think you can just you can um, it's like you can assign a beneficiary of it, sort of like you know you can do with anything, retirement, you know, funds and stuff like that. Um, you can pass it on to your child or you know whoever you want. I know we talk we we talk pretty much in some capacity every day, but like. Uh, as far as like everybody else that we know who we serve with, is there like a pretty commonality as far as going back to school or getting a government job? Like, I feel like it's kind of getting better as far as veterans of our generation, but like older generations is all a whole different thing. And like the current generation, I'm not quite sure how they're doing um did you see a lot of people going back to school or staying in i know one of our buddies while we were in patricio is like a senior chief or a chief and stewart is a senior chief or chief um what is your what have you seen yeah i think a lot of people that you and i served with either stayed in or um, got out and did something else. Mm-hmm. I don't, out of all the people like that I you know, can remember and was friends with in Greece and Iceland and Bremerton and even going back to you know, A school in San Antonio, mm-hmm. um, I can't really think of many that went back and went to college. A couple of them said they wanted to, but they never did. Personally, I think out of all the people that I know, I probably was the outlier as far as going back to college. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people either went into police work or stayed in. Um, Which is totally... And then some, yeah, and then so there's some random shit. Like, some people are in, in like, trade um, careers, which is excellent um yeah you can make a shit ton of money and i don't necessarily i I know you said you were an outlier which i mean like you've been hugely successful in your life but that also takes drive and like consistency and like showing up and getting the work done which like if there's anything i can pass on to anybody it's to say like get it done like definitely like whatever you're gonna do just put in the work just don't be fucking lazy um which I think is maybe the one of the biggest outcomes of being in the service is like just get it done. Like don't don't wait. Don't pussyfoot around. Just get, fill up paperwork. It sucks. I know. If something goes, if you get a letter in the mail that's like you need to do the, the, the just do it. Don't don't fucking wait for the government to send you a notice or whatever it is there's it's crazy too because we do have a lot of like a lot of those people who are in are generally successful like it's weird for me to even think of it this way but our friend uh i mean well his we would have just called him bob or his last name but like one of the guys we were in grace with is now like a training police officer uh and he was a huge friend of mine at the time and like 
it's just crazy to think of that or even thinking of Patricio being in charge of like a group of people and we were just fucking drinking buddies you know like not not even <laughs> well that's what happens man we're 40 years old now. <laughs> we, we, we gotta grow up at some point we can't just sit by the fucking urinal and smoke cigarettes and listen to Deftones <laughs> <clears throat> why not yeah, I mean, no, I know that's what happens. You get old, you know. You just, you know, you get older and you gotta just, you know, get shit done. I just, you know, the military definitely helps with getting shit done. You know, the the discipline that we've talked about, and you know, just having the 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 drive to to do things. You know that, you know, for for me personally, my biggest fear was uh was always mediocrity like i didn't want to be mediocre to like my friends and family so that was uh you know part of the reason i joined the navy and part of the reason i got out and went back to college and you know went you know the route that i took mm-hmm. it wasn't uh you know it was it was more of a personal challenge you of know of course you no know, you know being in the military and being you know a civilian afterward it's always been more of a challenge but did you feel like you after you got did you notice like well this is kind of reiterating the point by saying like before you started and after you got out did, did you notice that you had changed or was it just something that you like reflected on later on or did you not notice anything like when you went to college and all that? Oh yeah. I knew, I knew I was different as soon as I got there. Um, I remember vividly a, a class that I was taking when I was in community college. It was just like a required, like, I don't know what the hell it was. It was like a communications class or something. But uh, there were some kids in the background, uh, you know, in the back of the class, and they were, the, you know, the professors up there trying to teach her, teach her class. And she was, uh, you know, little old lady. She's probably been doing it for years and years. And these two little eighteen-year-old kids were in the back. And they were just talking and yapping and making noise. And I was just furious. And uh, I went up to both of them after class. I, I let the, the professor finish, but I went up to both of them after class. And, I, you know, this was me at 24 years old, right out of the Navy. <clears throat> and uh, I went up to these kids, you know, and I, was, I think they were both taller than me, too. I don't know. I, I didn't care at the time. I was just like, you guys better shut the fuck up while the professor's talking like it's disrespectful you know show some respect you know you're in this class you guys might not want to learn but other people do so shut the fuck up and keep quiet or don't come to class and we won't even have this problem and uh never had a problem with those two afterwards but uh but yeah it was a you it called them out you called them out you said you're Unsat, motherfucker. Gear adrift. Get to the back of the yeah, bus. Yeah, it just pisses me off, and it pissed me off, and it all the way through college. You dealt with kids that didn't want to be there. They were just, you know, Syracuse. It was pretty bad too, because a lot of people that go to SU are 
you know, just there because their parents paid their way in. Right. And, uh, you know, it's just like a lot of people just don't want to pay attention. They don't want to learn. They make noise during class. And, like, for those of us that were there to learn, you know, we, I didn't like it. I didn't like the disrespect. And so going back to your question, yeah, it was a, I knew immediately that I was just, I wasn't a kid anymore. Like, I was determined to do something. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have any patience for kids that fucked off during class. It pissed me off. Yeah, and it's weird too because <laughs> I was always the old guy in, in, in all my classes. You're twenty fucking guy. four. You're still a baby too. Well, yeah, and then by the time I finished college, I was thirty. So yeah, you know, being a thirty year old in class with you know kids that can't even drink yet was funny. Yeah, man, we grew up quick then too. It's crazy in retrospect how how I you. Because in in that time, too, a lot of our superiors would have been, like, what, 32, 33, or whatever. Like, I remember thinking, like, McCutcheon or whatever, or I can't even remember their their last names, but, like, the guys who were, like, into NASCAR and drinking fucking Miller Lights, they, who were in charge, were just, like, ancient in my head. And they just had too many beers and too many ciggies to, for whatever, whatever at the time. But like, they felt so ancient. And then, then like on base, they had their, their families or whatever. And I, I don't know where they went. I know like people like Tate, who I always thought was a, like a stand up dude. Um, because like, and, and even like uh, who was in charge, our master chief that was there and like, like a a good swath of people were like career focused and not bullshitters i think that's the big the biggest thing is i can spot right away the people who are who are like legit people or who are just fucking floundering if that makes any sense like the 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 people who i can sit and like learn something from and communicate with or the people who are just like I don't know like I guess like growing up they would have been called like posers or like the people who are spinning their goddamn wheels and they're just they need some some enlightenment or whatever like the kids in the back of the class who are just like just want to go watch you know old school or fucking um, Van Wilder and and live that dream which I, I get like, don't get me wrong. I want to party. I want to have fun. I, but get the work done first, if that makes any sense. And I'm sure you were the same way still. Like, it, when we had your 40th birthday surprise party, which is fucking amazing, me and Casey went out there. to, And that was the first time you'd met Casey. And, she, you know, I had talked you guys up. We'd, we'd all FaceTime. We, we'd do, like, a Navy Brothers hangout, all that stuff. Which you should do if you're listening to this and you're a veteran. Like, hit up your boys, man. Or your girls or whatever. Your shipmates miss you. Um, anyway, uh, but like you had college buddies who they thought of you as like the old man who were there. And, but you, I, I would assume even then, like you, you still would occasionally let it rip and 
stuff, but you just, you got things done. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that's, uh, you know, that's just how we did it. You know, just we partied our asses off and then we went and stood 12 hours on a post and, and we'd do it all over again. And we did it throughout our entire enlistment. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of people do that that are in the military. A lot of it's just passing time, man. You're all in the shit together. Right. You might as well just pass the time and be assholes together, you know? So I think, you know, I don't think that we were, uh, you know, we were special in the way we went about our business when we were deployed overseas. We got drunk. We got fucked up. We played hard. And, you know, we worked hard. And so, you know, I think we all all have a, you know, a special place in our hearts for the time that we've spent overseas. Or, you know, even if you were stateside, like being in the military in general, just like, it's just, uh, I, I, I don't think I'd trade my time in the Navy for anything. Yeah. Despite, you know, the, how you, you know, certain parts of it you feel like shit and you just wish it was over and you wish you were home and all that stuff there was there was a lot of times where you're just like really depressed but that's all gonna back on it now it it, it was it was all worth it and you'd never trade that yeah but i think that's all perspective based you know like when it comes to the 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 downer part of that like all you really needed to do was fucking have a Coke and a smile or fucking lay off the booze for at least a few hours, take a nap. Like some of my best memories of my time in were, were no, I'll, I'll be real. All of them came from being with people. It, It didn't come from those demo times, even though those were good. They, they taught me like how to use those programs and that's invaluable shit that I use now or having like, you know, and, and this isn't a political show that I do or any whatever, but like having political debates were fucking informative and probably the best example of like, I guess what you would call like, like, yeah, there was some kind of and I would say almost like an inherent racist racist shit came up, but I wouldn't have called anybody in my in the service that I was with racist. Like there was like shit that people said that I'm like, oh, you know, check yourself. You know, like you're on set. <laughs> you know, what you're saying there is 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 wrong. But you you had open communication. Like free free speech wasn't restricted like everybody could sit and debate about this that and the other thing and that's really what needs to happen like in order for those people to become more informed and understanding like we saw it change i think the don't ask don't tell was before we got in as far as yeah like, that came in during clinton yeah so while we're while we were in that there was there was that but like the, the, the that wasn't that needed to be updated obviously like now it's it's completely different but like 
as far as like understanding like that came from like conversations because i mean you you even at the time it was like a running gag like certain people's genders or sexual proclivities or whatever like nobody gave a shit but like as far as like that curiosity of like well what is this or how does this work like you had to talk about it you couldn't just like literally be like you know completely inept you had to the only way to know was to ask and to understand each other like there's no better way to understand it people than to just sit on a fucking post for 12 hours and like hey man what's your hometown like like oh i come from canastota or fucking (laughs) (laughs) you don't sound like that at all no or you you fucking you would just you would shoot the breeze and that shit happened or i always talk about this but like the first time i met our our mutual buddy daw and he comes to gate and he's just like the most nihilistic looking motherfucker so i'm like he definitely listens to nine inch nails so we can we can talk about that like you you could get a sense or you'd have somebody like boardman our mutual friend who would just talk your ear off but you loved them and you could you would get to know them because you would just learn to listen. So you had those those types of people too, like that literally would just be, 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 and you would learn about that type of person. And you're a good listener. I fucking I'll I talk over you or you talk and listen to me and vice versa or whatever. Um, you definitely met every single type of person. Like, we had assholes, too. I, I don't even think we got into that, but, like... And I won't name names, but, like, we had people that were definitely jerks. But, like, you learn to just avoid them, you know? But... Yeah. Yeah, there were definitely some assholes, too. That's the thing with being in the military. Is you, don't, you don't really have a choice. You're not gonna... You're not gonna be able to, like, switch departments if you don't, like, the you know the guy or the gal that works the front desk or answers the phones you know it's just that we were all stuck pissed off again (laughs) (laughs) you know what if anything you could be stuck and pissed off and you had that in common so you could at least talk about that Everybody's homesick. Everybody's pissed off and hungover. Yeah. What the fuck are we doing out here? I remember, and I was telling Casey this story the other day. I remember getting my wisdom teeth removed when we were in Iceland. And mm-hmm. I, I just had this inherent trust not to care about things like that. Like most people have like dental some well i wouldn't say most some people have like dental phobia like they don't want to get their teeth cleaned or go to the fucking dentist but i remember distinctly the guy that took the teeth out or took yeah like they they numbed it they and then they they're both like knee on my chest like carving this shit out and I'm just like numb with my jaw hanging open like nah. and this dude's just chipping away at this tooth to get it out 
and I'm sure that that like some people swerve off the road listening to that but that's that's true like that 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 experience but I I still remember I was taken I had a I was able to stay off guard duty for like a day or two and then I was on Percocet and I was just sitting there in my barracks playing Xbox Prince of Persia and taking this Percocet and smoking my ciggies and then I had like two or three extra and I took one and it was the happiest day I ever stood gate the sun came up for like 30 minutes because it, it is like that when you get up there the northern lights look amazing and then it's just black all the time but I had that Percocet in my system and I'm standing on the gate and I'm just like fucking floating I'm like you come on in just like happy painkiller Herrig on the gate like smiling ear to ear just fucking loving life it was like my happiest gate watch period ever but yeah we went through it man I'm keeping you up way too late you sun goes down Bacchus goes down I appreciate yeah I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm alive you're alive <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I, I mean we got we got a lot of good stuff on here you're gonna have to probably edit a fuck ton out because there's we've been on the phone almost two hours well i didn't start record i mean it's been about two hours but i didn't start i i told you kind of when i start i i i was gonna test it just to to um to see if the quality was good uh but like yeah, I, I let you know kind of about where I was like, okay, yeah, I'm recording. But I was going to record just to see how the audio sounds because I haven't done this over the phone yet. Um, and maybe we'll shelve. No, this was actually pretty good. I like hearing... Well, no. So there's there was there's a lot of good stuff that you could, like, cut in. Um True. Maybe I, I, I don't know. I mean, I it's not published right. Fucking... It's not published right now. I, I'll bounce it tonight and send it to you. You can re-listen to it, like on un, unedited on anything. Maybe I'll. I might throw it on my computer just to do um, to clean it a little bit. But other than that, like I'll, I'll un. I I will send you the raw unedited version, and you can listen to it tomorrow. But. Um, We'll do the we'll do the U.S. Navy history episode still too, but this was fun either way because it's interesting to listen because it's not like you ever really get a chance to listen back to your conversations on the phone. So, yeah, no, 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 for sure, yeah, no, and you can it's good practice too. Yeah, you can use some of it or you can you know keep it for yourself or whatever. But yeah, no, I mean, I know there were a lot of the this shit we were talking about it's uh you know like fucking from basically we started at music and we went from there we didn't really talk about like the origins how we got into you know the navy and we didn't talk shit about anything navy history related we didn't bring up john paul jones one time or Led Zeppelin. <laughs> well that's okay i can always throw um <laughs> 
I didn't want to talk about it. I'd rather I I I I'd let it, the guiding light be the fact that I love talking to you, and so I'm just gonna li- I'm just gonna talk about what I want to talk about. But that's also <clears throat> part of podcasting is like if you do a topic episode then you kind of have to stick to that but if we do an episode where we're just shooting the shit it's it's our history man the show's about history and it's our history so the 2000s era if you just stick to that too it's kind of its own episode in a way and podcasts are conversations and part of why people like listening to them is the relatability and our demographic is literally 60 percent 35 to 45 so they're going to understand where we're coming from but um yeah man we're gonna do this again i'll save this bounce it to you i love you like a brother i'm gonna let you get off so you can go to bed but um I just went and saw The Cure yeah. last night with my oldest, and yeah, it was fucking off, like top three concert, no joke. And I didn't get home until like two thirty. I took a nap right after work before we got on, so that's good. But Casey's fucking, she just texted me like an hour ago during our conversations, like, babe, I'm going to bed, so I'm just gonna sleep here tonight with my cat and uh let her relax because i'm going to be with her for like the next week we're on vacation so going up north gonna go fucking stay in a cabin and make eggs benedict smooch well that sounds fucking awesome yeah dude we need to do how how far of a drive is it for you what like eight and a half we should do like, You've done it more than I have. I know, that's true. I'm asking... I'm fucking stupid. Um, we need to do something like where you guys and us meet. I don't know. It's tricky for you. But we need to do something in the summertime where we can all get together. Like maybe once a year or once every other year and like have our families just chill. My girls are so much older now, dude. You haven't seen like Cora. You fucking hit the, your jaw would fucking hit the ground if you saw my oldest. Well, I see a couple of the pictures on uh, <clears throat> like Instagram and shit. She's gonna be fifteen this year. She starts driver's training this winter. Yeah, last time I saw her, she was like four. I know. Shit in her pants. Now she's fucking. Shit posting online. Well, like you said on the fucking <laughs> thing earlier, we just roll too fast, man. I've been fucking staring at my uh, drawing of Led Zeppelin on the wall since we started. Well, not since we started talking, but about halfway through when I knew we were on, you know, the recording, mm-hmm. I, I noticed that. Uh, my Led Zeppelin drawing on my fucking basement wall was saturated with water leaking through my fucking ceiling wall. What the fuck? And I'm, I've been like sitting here looking at it just like seething and <laughs> fucking oh, disappointment and rage because I bought this drawing at fucking Bonnaroo. 
Oh and, shit! Uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a printed drawing of an artist that sells it, prints it, Bonnaroo. But anyway, it's a beautiful drawing of the whole it group. Is. Fucking it, it's amazing. John Paul Jones. And I thought about this after our the last time we tried this, mm-hmm. and uh, I said the John Paul Jones, and I refer to him as the drummer. And your disappointment in me is, <laughs> you know. It was. Just, I thought about it for days. I, I thought about it for days afterwards, and I didn't text you about it. But I was thinking about it. Like Ryan must think I'm such a fucking idiot that no. I didn't know John Paul Jones was a bassist. Anyway, it's fine. He's on my wall. I know who the fucking members of Led Zeppelin are. Is what I'm getting at, and they're on my wall. And the drawing is saturated with fucking. Corning's fiberglass insulation water. <laughs> Dude, it's fine. It you know what? None of this shit we're taking to heaven when we hang out with Dane and fucking play Connect Four, so it's fine. Everything's everything's gonna break. I smashed my guitar in Iceland and then gave it to Daw. Now it's a fucking hood ornament for somebody. I don't know. It, I think it's in my room now because he did give it back. I I don't keep track of this shit. None of it. The only thing that matters is love, brother. Oh, what was I like in the Navy? That would be a good episode to talk about in the future, too. I don't remember who I was like because I know who I am now. I know who you were then, kind of, but then there's a constant. Like, I don't, I was thinking about this because somebody was like, what were you like in the Navy? And I was like, uh, I guess the same, but then we all evolved together. So it's like, it's Adam, you know, like, it's weird. I don't differentiate. Like I was there when I was in your wedding, I was there for your 40th it's still the same but it's different i don't know does that make any sense that's probably way too big of a question to ask before you're about to get done (laughs) i'll tell you what maybe we think on that maybe we think on that one and we bring that one up later at some point when we do it the history episode i don't know I got no fucking game plan for these things. Yeah, we can do whatever, man. I don't care. Yeah, man. I'm uh, you, I mean, like I said though, I mean, we got. I don't know how you're gonna. Do you need a producer? Because I can, uh, I can produce. I'm like Rick Ross or something. Uh, or Rick. Uh, what's I mean, uh, what's the what's the big Rick, producer Rick, there? Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin. Yeah, I can produce. <laughs> podcast if you just uh, send it all to me then we'll cut in a bunch of fart noises and stuff and we'll be good. <laughs> turn it into like one of those zoo radio shows just fucking I got all the buttons here you can't hear that though there I don't you, think there you go got it all sweet yeah I got that I could throw some fucking John Paul Jones bass riffs underneath it the whole time.
We didn't even fucking really get in. I don't know. See, this thing is, this conversation goes on until we die, my friend. We do this fucking dance forever. It doesn't matter. We're good. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. We can make a fucking whole series of our maybe experience. Maybe chats. And history and everything that came before and after it. That's true. This water situation I have in my basement is not funny. No, I'm not. Um, I'm. I. I don't mean to laugh at that, dude. No, you, there's no. I'm not. I don't care what you're. I don't even know what you're laughing at. But oh, I wouldn't. I, uh, I'm laughing. I laughed primarily because I laughed thinking about you being like, he's not gonna think I'm a real Led Zeppelin fan. <laughs> <laughs> I just think I can assure you I am. Oh, dude. Robert Plant winked at me, I think. I, one time. I'm sure he did. <laughs> I you know what? I I saw I saw Chelsea Wolf live and I thought she winked at me too. And that's a deep cut. I don't know if I don't even know if you know who that is, but I know she's awesome and she's a musician and so and I I assumed when I saw Fiona Apple she'd want to run away with me but that's another thing for another show alright it's getting fucking late man I love you to death I will uh, I'll, I'll bounce this to you I appreciate you you're like a brother to me you are a brother to me uh yeah let's do it again yeah man we'll uh we'll do something and we'll get uh some you know like other content in there about the navy and shit yeah we can talk about the revolutionary war and world war ii (laughs) 38 million civilians died during world war ii did you know that i think it's higher than that to be honest i think the number's higher than that well yeah i mean Oh, the the total number of deaths was I think seventy seven million. Damn. So yeah, thirty eight million civilians. Yeah. Yeah, that that'd be pretty close. I think about half. Yeah, thirty eight, thirty eight, seventy six. I think so. It's always because there's there's always that like that base number, and then there's like the this, but it could be this number. So it's tricky because it it all it all spreads between like confirmed and then there's like yeah but like five thousand people fell off this cliff over here and then we didn't yeah fact- I mean it's um, it's it's like impossible to like get a completely one hundred percent accurate number when that many people die a lot of it's estimates. Do you ever think about like and that we'll this is the last thing to wrap up but like when I always when I think about like because you watch like those movies like Saving Private Ryan or you watch like like I watched this movie called Waterloo because we did an episode on Napoleon and I watched it after we did the, the, the episode but like what was crazy to me like the real like realistic like thinking about it was all those guys were like in service to the military and I'm thinking about the people I served with and how fucking just 
like completely out of whack they could be and like a whole army just standing there and how like you you have to think about how and on the ball and like impassioned some leader or somebody in charge of a battalion or all this stuff and like how how even that can function and 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 work and like a battle can go on and like how completely fucked war can be and how completely fucked you can be and how scarring that can be and i know like obviously we met veterans and we met people who did who were in war and and survived war or you know obviously the worst is to 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 die in a war or maybe for some it can be like so honorable and that's that is what it is but like i just thinking about that can just drive me crazy like how fucking how did how how any of it happens how any of how scarring that can be and how insane it is i don't know that's a t- like again i i i just threw that out there because i'm fucking spitballing here but i'm thinking about like the tragedy of war and how 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 it seems impossible that it even f- it, it can even happen but then again like the government as a whole seems impossible and somehow it fucking is still around whatever <laughs> yeah I mean yeah I mean there's a lot that we can get into conversations about I mean yeah it's just uh, you know like you said fucking endless we could do a whole damn series we could do like a 10 week fucking mini series of Ryan and Adam fucking Zanzibar <laughs> Zanzibar <laughs> Zanzizi Zanzizi Zanzizi. Well, I said, I said, I said, uh, the idea, the gestation of the name came from me being drunk on the podcast and being like, Zanzizi's land, baby. Like, and then I just shortened it a little bit and was like, ZZZ. There you go. Like, it's Zanzizi, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I knew, I knew nobody had the name. So it was easy to, like, you know what I mean? Like, in the world where everybody there's like 17 bands called sad or whatever fucking goth term there is it was just something that was easy to nab up online so it is what it is in a world where there are no more band names (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) with that I will let you go to sleep I love you and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, all right, brother. I love you too, man. Yeah, we'll do this again, and you know we can freestyle it or do structure. I don't care. This was fun. We can, oh, you can fucking edit it. And we can put it together. But yeah, this was good. Oh. <laughs> um, despite the fucking troubles with the power, and now the fucking rain coming through my house like it's fucking little piggy's house. <laughs> One thing after another, I gotta investigate this leak before I go to bed, which is gonna be dumb, but whatever. All right, get it done, sir. 
go get you some and and don't you know what i'm gonna say this i know how you are and how you get in your head and you think you got to fix everything you need what you need now more than anything is at least five hours of sleep so i'll get that i got i got another hour i an hour from now will be mid almost midnight which means i'll get at least five and a half to six hours there you go get up up six ish all right man well make sure you're good make sure your cpap's charged up i don't need you it's all charged up man i'm ready to fucking (laughs) top gun it all the way through my dreams do you ever have dreams like that? You're like, dirt, 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 dirt. I'm flying through the danger zone at night, man. I'm snoring, but I'm fucking breathing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. We are old. Fuck. All right. That was a good one, man. I'm going to have to write that on my chalkboard. <laughs> I'm flying through the danger zone at night. I'm snoring, but I'm breathing. All right. I love you, man. I'll send you this tonight. Have a good one. All right. Love you, man. Talk to you later. Bye. This has been a presentation of Beer City Media.